is the High Post Podcast episode dose. Thank you for joining us once again. We're your two brown dudes that talk sports, real sports only. I'm Sahil. My name is Armand. And so we just wanted to take a minute before we start the episode to say thank you to everyone who listens to who listened to episodes 1A and 1B, whether it be on SoundCloud or iTunes. Your support means a lot to us because we thought, yo, we wouldn't be recording this shit and wasting our time doing this. And so, yeah, it's very important to have a good fan base, and we thank you guys for that. And so I wanted to announce also for the next episode as a special thank you to you guys. We will be doing a Q&A segment on our show. So be sure to send us in your questions to our Twitter and Instagram. So our Twitter is at the High Post Pod, and Instagram is also at the High Post Pod, all lowercase. But you can also send me in questions on my um, personal Instagram at Tandy underscore underscore 23 and send me in questions there. And uh, you should be able to also uh, find uh, Sahil's uh, Instagram or uh, in link in the Twitter bio and our Instagram bio. So a little bit easier to send him a question or anything uh, from there. Uh, go and ahead. By the way, appropriate questions, please. And we appropriate. <laughs> no real personal questions, please. Uh, we just want to hear about your thing or what you guys want to hear from us, like our opinions on your sports topics or anything like that. Like, Simple, hi, hello, that's cool too, just so we know that you guys are <laughs> there, but, uh, you know, we don't need any, we're not therapists or anything like that. Yeah, also, like, you can send us some personal questions about who we are, what we do, and also just sports questions, so, yeah, be sure to do that for next episode. Alright, so, I was watching the Rockets and Knicks game yesterday, right? And oh, man... Yeah. 61 for James Harden. Yeah, that tied uh, Kobe Bryant from back in 2009 for most points scored in MSG, I believe. Both yeah. 61 as well. So, but man. It's, I've been thinking lately of like Harden doing this in 2019, where I believe the most talented players in the league are playing in this era right now. Um, this is just mind-blowing, man. 61. And in the stretch, I, he's averaged 40-plus in this last month without Capella, without CP3 keeping the Rockets afloat in the playoff hunt. So what do you think about that, man? Is this one of the best offensive performances in a month you've ever seen? Oh, definitely. This is uh, He's actually putting up one of the best, uh, uh, what I would say is offensive seasons so far uh, for any player. 36 points a game he's averaging right now. Uh, the team is sitting at, I believe, 27 wins, fifth in the West, tough Western Conference. And yeah, like you said, no Capella, Big part of their offense, a big part of their defense as well is missing. Chris Paul, same thing. Uh, it's, it's just amazing that Harden continues night in and night out to perform. Uh, it just uh, makes the case all even better for like I predicted on like last episode too, where Harden should be the MVP. Man, I'm eating coal right now. I was dead wrong, man, on that. Man, I said Giannis was the MVP. Giannis is having a fantastic season, but shit, man. James Harden is the MVP. All the Punjabis, the Dadi Allah, the MVP, <laughs> the bearded one, is the MVP case closed. It's just unreal, man. Carrying the team and everything. Yeah. And so, yeah, another, and so another thing that brings me up to is um, with the Rockets being in the playoff hunt and while we're watching our precious Lakers. Oh, man. Falling apart in the ninth seed in the West. Sitting at 25 wins currently. So what do you think? Like, obviously, we know, like, LeBron is injured. He's the best player in the world, big part of our team. And so he should be back soon. It keeps being a delayed timetable. Have you seen that? Yeah, I feel like, uh, I mean, I'm not to cast any aspersions on what the Lakers might be doing. But it seems like any time the Lakers show a flash of, oh, they won the game or 
players are looking really well without LeBron. Like, oh, especially if we win, they're like, oh, LeBron, you could maybe sit another game. Or LeBron comes down and says, oh, maybe it's another week. Uh, <laughs> I just think, I don't know what it is. All I know is we need him back soon, whether we win games with him or whether we win games without him. Him being on the court, playing, suited up in a Laker uniform, not street clothes on the bench, is when we're best. So yeah, sooner was- the better, sooner the better. Christmas Day, the pinnacle point of the season. We're at the fourth seed in the West. Looks like we're going to beat every team in the West in the playoff series besides Golden State. And I still feel the same way. When we are all healthy, I believe we can challenge any team and beat any team in the West besides Golden State. Yeah, the same. But then, like you said, when we're healthy. Speaking on being healthy, it seems like we can't catch a break. We just had uh, Lonzo Ball just get injured. He's out for four to six weeks now. Yes, we get Rondo back, but... I believe it was an ankle, right, for Lonzo? Yeah, that was an ankle. Mm, Man. Good thing it wasn't broken, though. It was a four- to six-week time. Yeah, they did the x-rays, came out negative. But the thing is, we just need to now start racking up some wins before, you know, there's a cushion between us and the eighth seed. I believe right now, looking at the eighth seed, is the Los Angeles Clippers, just a crosstown rivals, sitting at 26 wins. And, uh... The longer we don't have or longer we aren't healthy and the more games we lose, the further away it is to get in. I still believe we'll make the playoffs with LeBron. Yeah. We should find our way. Uh, I don't know if we can claw our way back up to the top three or be situated there. Uh, there's still a possibility. It's still a long way to go for the season. It's just that the sooner the he- the sooner we get healthier, the better, and that's the better that we can give you a better outlook. Um, yeah, Wando came back, and so... Obviously, LeBron should be back around the corner. I still believe LeBron will be back within a week. It's just the Lakers are just doing the same thing like you were saying earlier. Just, oh, we won a game. Okay, sit down for this game. Sit down exactly. for this game. <laughs> and, and initially, the thing that was like really troubling to me was like, he's initially the Lakers' timetable was day to day, if you noticed that. Yeah, yeah. Now it's, I don't know what they have. It's had been it. four now weeks. It's been a month. Yeah, it's been a month. And also, I want to ask you this question. So, obviously, this is the most severe injury in LeBron's career. Right in yes. his 16th year, he's never missed more than I believe eight games consecutively, and he's missed 15. Uh, so what do you think? Do you think this is going to kind of affect him in the future? He's 34, or is it just LeBron James, and we're just kind of like playing it? No, like I said, uh, this injury, I don't think it was a major concern or to him as well. Uh, yes, groin injury, we can never exactly predict the pain he was really in, but like I said, if this was crucial point in the season, he would have been back already. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is nothing like oh I mean I still believe LeBron is superhuman. This is not a nod to where he's gonna come back and he's not the same. Obviously, nothing like that. He's mm-hmm. good. He'll be fine. Uh, people shouldn't take this into anything. They shouldn't take anything out of it. That oh LeBron's out for a month instead of one week, like they are day to day, like they said. This is just the Lakers knowing and still having confidence that this season that we can make the playoffs. And the best thing to do is get LeBron as healthy as possible. Keep him rested that way once we need him in the playoffs to play those heavier minutes uh that way he's fully prepared himself yeah obviously so like a fully healthy lebron which is i kind of understand the lakers strategy right now because in the playoffs you're gonna need lebron at 45 46 minutes against the best teams in the west because they're gonna be grueling series in the west oh, yeah. they're gonna be grueling super physical the game pace may slow down here or pick up rapid pace there tough to predict but West is where it's at right now. It's the toughest conference, in my opinion, right now. But then it just, like, it, yeah, we're going to need LeBron regardless of who we're playing. Anyway. 
So speaking of like our injuries going on right now, whether it be Lonzo, Rondo, LeBron, there's been rumors of us adding potentially Carmelo Anthony or making some trades at the deadline. What do you think about that? Uh, it like I said, uh, or like I was saying prior, uh, it the injuries, yeah, they hurt a lot. But then it depends on who we pick up. Love Carmelo Anthony. I don't see the Lakers picking him up unless we deal. Uh, a small forward like a Brandon Ingram on our team that fills up a spot for Carmelo. Uh, I don't see the Lakers cutting anybody per se to add Carmelo Anthony to the roster right now. Uh, but the Lakers did. They do need to make a move. Uh, do you have anybody in mind right now? You know, so Memphis recently opened up uh, Mike Conley at Marcus Hall, and we'll get into more of these trade deadline um, players that are being mentioned in names right now later. But I believe the Lakers should make a run at Marcus Gasol. Get get another Gasol, man. That turned out pretty good last time. Yeah, I mean, we got two chips out of it, so why not? Yeah, I think Marcus Gasol would be an added presence to our um, center core. Obviously, Javel and Zubac have been carrying the load well, but I believe if you get a guy experienced like Marcus Gasol, who's played in a lot of playoff games, I believe that'll really help LeBron and make the Lakers even stronger as contenders this year and give them a chance to give Golden State a run for the money. I believe. Yeah, uh, if the Lakers did, let's say, go after Gasol, that's uh, all in. Like, they're trying to get this season, trying to win a title this year. Um, if they do get Gasol, like, I don't want to go like so crazy, like, um, constantly on the trade finder on that you can find on ESPN. But <clears throat> if they get Gasol, we are stacked at center. We have McGee, Zubat, Tyson, all guys who log heavy minutes uh, throughout normal games. If Gasol is traded to the Lakers, and let's say hypothetically the deal is. Uh, it would have to be something like a maybe a Brandon Ingram they would want in return, just and uh, match salaries. We may need to send uh, KCP, or as I call him, PCP, because mm-hmm. he's just wild all the time. Uh, <laughs> if that is the case, and you can see the Lakers maybe deal Zubac because he's high performing. I'm not saying they should, but I'm saying that you may know if they make one move like for Gasol, the Lakers may make many more just to round out the roster you yeah. could train uh, also Zubac, with Zubac, yeah. you could build off the value too yeah especially right he's on a hot streak right now he's actually looking like uh he's actually playing at least for some stretches better than mcgee offensively uh so you can write the his name is high right now on the markets and then according to the league you can ship him off if we do get a guy like mark yeah i think out of all our centers Zubac has the best post game and everything best offensive skill set so i don't think I think there'll be some teams in the market interested. Maybe you could give Memphis something like that for Marcus Hall, and I believe it would be good. But also, I-, I was looking at it. You know, I've been recently, I've had doubts before on Melo. I've always been, like, trashing Melo now. Like, oh, Melo can't play anymore. He's done, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> but when I look at the Lakers and their needs and the outside shooting, and your best three-point shooter is Lance Stevenson, that raises a question. That is true. That is true. I mean, Melo will obviously, he'll definitely help uh, hitting open shots. I'm sure Melo can still do that. And hit uh, some free throws. Come yeah. On. Oh, God. That's the main thing. Free throws are Achilles' heel. That's just terrible. Uh, I think our best free throw shooter is uh, KCP right now, shooting 90%. Yeah. Which I'm surprised that he can make those shots from the free throw line. And he's very well uh, mentally aware of that day. He can keep himself calm throughout that. But then when he's playing the game, he's just hectic and wild out there. Oh, yeah, 18 seconds on a shot clock. I don't need to waste this. Let's just store it up. Fuck yeah. it. Let no, me be that's... the hero. <laughs> J.R. Smith-esque, you know, even though it wasn't the same thing, but it kind of felt the same way. Yeah, it was. Uh, But, like, yeah, I don't think 
Melo can do any worse to the Lakers. And you see all these legends, like, supporting Melo throughout, like, LeBron, AI, everybody's still, like, riding with Melo. Like, they believe he can still play and contribute. Oh, no, definitely. Uh, if Melo is on the same team as LeBron, um, LeBron can find open shots for Melo. He can make it easier for him. Obviously, if, uh, even at this point of the game, if Melo is not still physically fit to run up and down the court at a high pace, at any half-court set, I still trust Melo being able to make the post shot when he's on his little one-on-one in the low post or high post. Melo can hit those shots still. At so, the high I mean, post. Yeah, <laughs> high post. Hey, he's a... Uh, He'll he'll be a valuable addition, valuable addition to our offense if we do have to go out there and get him. Uh, I think right now he is a free agent. Yeah, he was uh, traded to Chicago a few years too late. He joined that team. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's released. Uh, so I I don't see any other team uh, going after Carmelo Anthony. And just in my opinion, outside of the Lakers, uh, maybe Philadelphia, uh, but just that's just a wild shot as well. Uh, I, I don't think anybody else will go after him. So the Lakers uh, will have to assess their team and see if that's what they would like to add. And hopefully if he's on the team, we'll have to root for him, right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, Melo, if he's playing 10, 15 minutes, I would love for him to play on the Lakers just so he can shoot some shots, average 10, 11 points, which is perfect. That's what we need off the bench because our bench scoring has been so... <sighs> I don't know what the word is for it, but it's not been good. Yeah, no. Some nights it looks amazing, but I don't know how that happens. But uh, that's when Josh. Yeah, Yeah, it's not great. Melo would help. That's if he's fine with coming off the bench, which I think he is. So obviously, we believe Lakers are still going to end up in the playoffs, right? Yeah. And so another team now in the East that's being affected, man. Victor Oladipo's injury. Oh, that's devastating! Devastating. Uh, Looking at the Pacers right now, they're at thirty-two wins. Uh, sitting third in the East right now. And uh, obviously, Victor Oladipo isn't putting up, I think, statistically the same numbers he was putting up last season. But he's still the main guy on the team. When they go to the playoffs, you need a guy to hit a shot. They'll look to Oladipo. He's a great defensive player. And now you have him missing the entire year uh, for that injury that he got just recently. It's just feel bad for all the Pacers fans out there. Especially for a guy like Oladipo, man. He works so hard. Getting that team to the playoffs and everything, man. It's just so devastating. It couldn't have happened to a worse guy, man. No, he's such a likable guy, too. Yeah, like you were saying. I think after last year as well, there was a report that as soon as uh, they had lost to LeBron uh, in that uh, playoff series that they had, which was looking like the Pacers were doing really well that series went to Game 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oladipo was right back in the gym, working towards this season. He got in more better shape. He became more of a team guy. And it shows on the team's stat, uh, team's record as of right now. But, uh, you know, hopefully we hope he bounces back next season and uh, he makes another run with the Pacers. Yeah, it comes back better than ever. But I still think the Pacers are in a good spot where they will make the playoffs and maybe even win a series in the first round still. Yeah, uh, let's say right now if the standings hold as uh, I don't think they will. I feel think like Boston's still sitting what, at the fifth seed right now. I think I expect Boston to move up. Mm-hmm. Indiana meets, uh, let's say, uh, if they get to the fifth seed or so, they meet like a Hornet. They can beat the Charlotte Hornets. They'll be able to beat the Miami Heat, depending on who they match up with. Uh, I don't see them beating a top-tier East team. If they were to upset anybody, uh, I could see them upsetting Philly, mm-hmm. maybe. But uh, even that is not – now without Oladipo now, though. 
Yeah, with Oladipo, they'd definitely be scary because they got that playoff experience. Almost beating a LeBron James-led team would have helped a lot. Yeah. Um, now they could have used that experience, but then, man, it's just so tough again to Oladipo. Couldn't have happened to a worse guy. And so also today, the um, the All-Star starter results came out. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. I think I have it here. So they announced for the East, uh, which I saw coming for the East and the West. Uh, I did not expect Luka Doncic to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I hate the guy. I just didn't see it happening because I believe the fan voting is accounted for one third mm-hmm. of the, the total votes. Yeah. Uh, same with the East. I didn't expect Dwayne Wade to start. Uh, I still maybe he could make it in if he doesn't. Uh, I'm not going to rule out that a player sits out for Dwayne Wade a la what Vince Carter did when Michael Jordan was in the Wizards, uh, mm-hmm. sitting it out just so Jordan can get in. Um, but the East All-Star starters are as follows. You have Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker at your guards, and you have Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, who is your captain, and Joel Embiid as your forwards. Uh, See, I like that. In the East, I like that. Because I believe all the five guys that actually deserve to start made it in. It's just, like, perfect because Giannis obviously having a stellar season. Embiid doing great. Kemba Walker, hometown Charlotte. I believe he deserved to be in there. Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving and a Kawhi Leonard off his bounce back season. He also deserved to be in there. And then uh, you come over to the West. You have James Harden and Steph Curry at your guard positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Kevin Durant. You have Paul George and your captain, LeBron James, which I believe uh, is right, in my opinion. I don't think anybody's snubbed out of that starting five. Yeah, those guys deserved it. If Anthony Davis was there, I'd probably put AD over Paul George, but it looks like he's going to miss the All-Star game. Yeah, let's say, yeah, once again, just resulting from the injuries that have occurred. So So uh, just to sort of see, uh, who do you think LeBron and Giannis choose with the first and second pick, respectively? Oh, yeah, this has been... It'll be fun from the pool of players that they have. Uh, so I can still see LeBron. Uh, maybe, you know, LeBron's a business guy. Definitely, you know that. So yeah, I can see yeah. him, you know, just maybe picking Kevin Durant, maybe picking Clyde Leonard with his first pick. You know, just to let them know that he's with them and their free agents coming up. It could be, I mean, I wouldn't doubt or put that away from LeBron that that would be his motive, even though he may not say it up front for picking one of those guys. Well, definitely, this is definitely a little subtle message going out. Yeah, right? I would you know, say uh, LeBron picks. Uh, I would go with uh, Kevin Durant with his Kevin first Durant? pick if he gets the first pick. I don't know how that's determined. See, I could see that, but damn, dude, the way James Harden is playing, like I said, shit, man, if he comes in All Star game, he might score eighty. Oh, especially the way the All Star game defense is, I can see yeah. seventy, eighty easily if they if they allow him to. You know, James Harden himself knows it's not. Uh, something to where he needs to score 60-80 unless it's given. Um, and one thing with the All-Star game is they always want the home guy to do the best. So I can see the East just forcing him to go up 30 to give him the All-Star game MVP. Uh, it's happened before, but no, definitely Harden could come out there and put on the show. Yeah, definitely. And for the MVP, it's always like the hometown guy, like always in that area. Like, yeah. Because Anthony Davis won it a couple years back. LeBron won it last year, a little L.A., you know. And look yeah, at that yeah. happen. And then I don't know. I All Star MVP. If I had to put an early prediction on it, I'd probably go James Harden again. Like he's gonna dog in the All Star game, man. Like he, I think, because last year he was a shit show in the All Star game. I remember. So this year he's ready for it. I think he's ready for it. That's true. Uh, I believe that. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do you think of? Uh, 
Let me see here. Uh, like you said, uh, James Harden. Uh, who would be the second pick? Let's try to do a little little rundown of who oh, the players yeah. might go in order. Uh, let's say Giannis has the next pick. Uh, who would you go after, James Harden? Well, let me get my little Greek. No, I'm playing. Uh, I can't do that. But uh, Giannis, I think he would probably go. Damn, I don't know Giannis. I don't know who he would pick. I think he'd probably pick somebody like Harden. If Harden was there. If Harden was like, available, yeah, that makes sense. It's either Durant or Harden, I believe, one or two. It's like whatever order. But I could also see Giannis picking a guy like Curry because he picks on Curry in the All-Star games. And, <laughs> that is true, yeah. And Curry picked him last year as sort of a favor. So I think he could repay the favor maybe pick Curry or something like that. Yeah, and the best part about this is that it's televised now, the whole draft oh, process. Oh, yeah. It's on the trade deadline day too. Yeah, that's so. even more interesting as well. But uh, that will be very fun to watch. I'm, I don't know why they didn't do it last year. But uh, this year should be entertaining. And I think they should be announcing the reserves uh, soon as well. Yeah, I believe it's next week. And then yeah. going back to that televised drafting, like, oh, you guys are all all-stars. Boo-woo, you get your feelings so you pick last. Like, you're still an all-star, right? It doesn't really – it doesn't hurt your pride or ego, in my I, opinion. I feel like as a player, they know who's going to be picked last as well. I mean, there's – yeah, you're an all-star. You're picked as what? Up, I think it's 13 players that make it in. Yeah, uh, in each conference, considered yeah. with the top, you may not be, but you're considered one of the top, more most liked favorite against, especially as a reserve. The coaches are the ones who normally pick and everything like that. Considered a top player from your conference, so you should be happy being part of the event. Yeah, obviously, like I was saying, like, if you're a top 25, 26 player in the NBA, counting the conference, it's just um, that's an honor to me. Like being in that situation, it's just very humbling. Like. You get to be in an all-star game and play in front of all the people watching. So I think they should appreciate it. And obviously, you guys like Ben Simmons, Al Horford, Kevin Love, you're going to be last. Come on now. I mean. Oh, yeah, definitely. If, like, uh, let's say, who's, can, who's who do you think makes it as a reserve? That's what I want to hear from you first before I get into what I was about to say. As uh, a reserve? As a reserve. Just some guys that you see making the all-star team. So let's see. In the West, I'd probably go Westbrook, obviously. Westbrook. And I still think maybe Anthony Davis could still get in from the coaches' vote. But if he doesn't, Jokic is definitely in. Um, maybe Luka Doncic is definitely in, I believe. Um, let's see. So also, you got to factor in with all the injuries going on, too. Because then guys might get opened up with more spots and everything. Definitely. Maybe, definitely. Shoot, man. Maybe a guy like uh, Russell Westbrook maybe won't make it because I don't know because isn't there a certain rule because like Damian Lillard is there and so all the point guards there I don't know well, one thing we know from Lillard is he's the one who's always the odd man out unfortunately mm-hmm. uh, but, well, Clay Clay will no, make it. you have Clay Thompson uh it's one thing for a fact Warriors will not be having is more than outside of Curry and KD or Clay another all-star in Draymond Green he sh- will oh, not make hell it this no. year I've always said it. I don't believe Draymond Green deserves to be an All Star, man. I don't, dude. He averages just like eight points. Like I don't think. I mean, I can see being an All NBA defensive player and this like that. What he means to the team, but an All Star thing is different. It's just like going back to when the Hawks had four All Stars that one year. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just uh, teams shouldn't put out or like let's say let's see here um, we have. Milwaukee as the number one seed. Normally, the number one seed team gets multiple All-Stars. Outside of Giannis, you can maybe make a case for Chris Middleton or Bledsoe to make it. But even mm-hmm. then, I 
wouldn't say that outside of Giannis, anyone else should make it from the Milwaukee Bucks. You still have uh, from Philly, you have Ben Simmons, you have uh, uh, from Brooklyn. Does anybody from Brooklyn actually just going down the list? I was looking at, do you think anybody from Brooklyn could make the All Star team? Shoot, from Brooklyn, if anybody makes it, I would probably have to say D'Angelo Russell would make it, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and he's putting up a great stat line now. They're winning games, sitting sixth in the East, 26 wins. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, like Washington, Bradley Beal will make an all-star team for sure. I'm pretty sure the uh, coaches will select him for the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake Griffin might get a bit in. He's been playing really great as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so other like you got Blake Griffin, you got Bradley Bill, you got like Simmons probably. Yeah. Who, who else in the East do you believe makes the All Star game? Because now that John Wall's also hurt, right? So yeah, uh, I think we'll see Kyle Lowry mm. uh, just because of the team's success yeah. being number two. We'll see that. Like I said, I'm not going to rule out Chris Middleton not making it from the East just because of how we've seen in the past how they have multiple All Star players from those top seeded teams. Yeah, they do like team success is a di- big thing too. That's what yeah. They do, yeah. So, uh, uh, San Antonio from the West. I'm going over to the West now, jumping around a little bit. But I think San Antonio has maybe one All Star, and I think that All Star is uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Lamarcus Aldridge. Ooh, you're probably right, man. Lamarcus Aldridge has been playing well. Demar Derozan, man, he's t- odd man now. I don't know if he makes it, but yeah. Aldridge for sure, definitely this month, 57 against the Thunder. It's just crazy what he's doing. And he's found sort of more comfortability in San Antonio over these last couple of years because there was doubt about him being traded as well. So, Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He was having that issue, even with Popovich, I believe, that Gordon's speaking to him at one point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he sort of cleared that up, and now he's playing like an all-star. So, yeah, that is an all-star's like what we believe should be all-stars and make a case. So also now we were talking earlier about the trade deadline, about how Gasol and Conley are linked. So what other teams do you think will be sellers in this sort of trade deadline market? Uh, uh, like I was mentioning in the past, I mean, it might not be a big name, but uh, it is still a name with a lot of potential. Uh, Jabari Parker, I can see maybe being moved outside of out from Chicago. His, it's just not working there. The chemistry is not budding. Still believe he's a big talent in this league or has that talent that he can make the jump to become a, one of the better players not like an all-star level guy but i can see him being 15 16 17 points per game maybe have a 20 point per game season. if he's healthy that's the main thing uh it discuss he has to be in the right situation i can see chicago uh selling uh letting him go uh do you have anybody else in mind so for like maybe Teams like Cleveland, like maybe Cleveland would trade a Kevin Love, man, maybe. Right? Oh, yeah, I totally forgot the big name. I just, Kevin Love has been hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much of it is just straight Cleveland wanting to tank <laughs> with him not being there to tell him, no, you can have another break, have another week off. It's all right. We're not going anywhere. The the better, the more you sit, actually, the better it is for us. Uh, yeah. I can see I can see Cleveland maybe selling uh, or trading Love away. Uh, what do you think should make the for Love? This is a good topic, actually. Uh, what team do you think should be going after or have their eyes set on a guy like Kevin Love? So for Kevin Love, obviously a stretch five. I think a team like OKC actually could really use Kevin Love because they don't they lack outside shooting and everything. 
whether it be with Paul George's inconsistency at the three-point line. Westbrook, oh, God. His three-point uh, percentage yeah. is just amazing. So. It's, he's a wizard from the line, right? He looks better than Steph Curry. No, yeah. <laughs> he's the exact opposite. I think he's shooting 18% if I'm not. And even then, that might be like I'm inflating his stat to the three-point percentage line. Yeah, Colin Coward must be very happy this year. but yeah OKC for sure I think should make a trade for love they could use a third all-star and we've seen third all-stars they could maybe have a chance against the Warriors I'm not saying they're not going to beat the Warriors right but maybe you could put up a like a fight a decent fight where you're respectable and maybe have a chance if they break apart next year to do something definitely you always want to try to win right regardless of how great one other team might be being the favorites there. You're in this league to win and to win championships and whatever gives you the best opportunity to win, albeit whether it's a one percentage, that's still 1% more than you were before. Right. Mm-hmm. But you always want to get better and you always want to try to win. Uh, when yeah. you have a guy like Kevin Love, he's a vet. You never know what could happen. Crazy things have, have happened in the playoffs before as well. Yeah. And like last year, remember Blake Griffin signed that huge extension like Love did last summer and the Clippers still traded him. Yes. So- I think teams, when they commit to a direction, they would definitely, Cleveland could definitely trade Kevin Love and just sort of embrace that tank culture, which gets me to another point. This whole issue of tanking, what do you think about it? Like, just from a t- other team's perspective, like, I know you got guys like Zion, RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish in the draft, and so teams are just, like, licking their chops to get a hand on these guys, right? So I don't know. What do you think about tanking? I honestly... I'm honestly not a big fan of tanking because I believe that ruins your fans' entertainment value. So they're coming to the game just to watch you lose? Like, come, No, I understand. Through. I understand. Uh, the thing is, though, how do you address tanking from the league standpoint other than telling your NBA teams that win games, don't tank? Other than that, how can you actually enforce tanking? It's mm-hmm. tough because the teams have a mindset. The season's lost. Uh, you can tell... Uh, for a team like, let's say, Cleveland, uh, if they go actually out there, they can't. I don't see them being able to make any moves to get them back into a playoff race or anything like that. The only thing that they do have is to look forward for the future. Uh, like, So I don't really actually mind tanking. I mean, it's just like if the team's not going to make a push in the playoffs anyways, they're not going to be able to make it. So what's the point of them even actually trying? Uh, yeah. But like I said, it's, it's tough for the leagues actually enforce an anti-taking thing. I don't see how they can actually stop teams from doing it. That's the thing. So, I, I mean... And at the same time... Zion and all that in the draft, so... Yeah, and at the same time, you always want to find that next guy, and tanking could get you maybe that next guy, like Zion or RJ Bear or whatever, that next guy who's your franchise centerpiece. So, teams like Hawks, Suns, and Cleveland, I mean, you ain't wrong, but at, from a fan's perspective, I don't believe tanking is necessary. And, like, so going back to, like, some of the trade deadline things we were talking about, we forgot to mention the Mavericks. Dennis Smith Jr. is on the block. Man. Yeah, but that's a huge name, actually, because of uh, he was drafted really high. He was a lottery pick. You know, he was looking forward to anything, or he was looking to be the future of Dallas uh, at their point guard position. But then, obviously, Dallas picked up Luka Doncic, and they don't believe that they meshed well. And Luka Doncic is the guy that you would keep if you had to keep the two. And if they're not able to coexist with each other, then you go with Luca's needs over uh, Dennis Smith Jr.'s. But uh, teams that should go after Dennis Smith Jr., I mean, there are a few. You could look at Chicago being one of the teams, just a young team trying to get a young guy. Uh, I don't see – or actually, I don't believe he'll be traded uh, this year 
I think if it will be, it will be in the offseason. Uh, there have been reports of Dallas un- being being unable to make a move for a making or making a move for him to go out. Like they've contacted the Lakers, things talked back, they died down, they weren't able to make that happen. Uh, so I think they'll try to make it work just for this season, and then in the off season they'll have more time and they'll be able to make a better move if they do at all. So that's what I think. Yeah, Dennis Smith Jr. is obviously uber talented. You can't miss out on a guy like that. It's just Luka Doncic came in. That's why he's not getting opportunity. But I could see teams like maybe the Knicks, maybe the Suns, maybe even us making a move for Dennis Smith Jr. Because I believe he could still play and contribute. Orlando, I, I think there's a lot of handful of teams that would love to have a guy who was like 8th and ninth pick in the draft just a year ago. So he still has a lot of high potential in him. It would be... Uh... Kind of hilarious if the Knicks went after and made a move for Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> they had the position to draft him. You know, they went with, uh, what is his name, Frank Nilekina over mm-hmm. uh, Dennis Smith Jr. But, uh, yeah, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be a great player in this league going forward. Uh, teams, if they have the opportunity to make a deal for him, I say they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Dennis Smith Jr. is so talented. You can't miss out on a guy like that. Such athletic build and everything. And so also now... Let's get into our sort of mid-season awards for, that we have so far for the season up until January. So who do you believe are your MVP candidates? I'll start off talking about it. So obviously, how I was talking about earlier about MVP, James Harden is the MVP, man. There's, there's no, We don't even need to talk about that. Now. No, no debate there. No debate there. James Harden is my MVP. See, Defensive Player of the Year, I would probably go with a guy. This might shock you, but I'm going to go with Paul George. Oh, actually, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, my shock you, and I'd go Paul, jo- Paul George. Yeah. Uh, him and uh, I think I saw a crazy stat of him and Westbrook actually being the top two guys in leading steals per game, uh, which is kind of crazy in my opinion that two guys are the top leading stealers. But Paul George locks up the best offensive player on your other team that he's playing. He's great at stealing the ball, great on ball defender. He's a huge. They're, He's making a huge impact for the, uh, the Oklahoma State Thunders offensively and especially defensively. Uh, I think I would give him the edge as of right now as my leading favorite as well. Yeah, I'd probably go with Paul George as well. Just because, look, OKC is like number one or number two in the league in defensive rating, especially now with yeah. Paul George. So he's a key part of that. Because in the years past, they really had a defensive problem. And so Paul George just sort of changed the culture in Oklahoma City. But obviously, other guys like Embiid and Gobert, the shot blockers, they could still win it. Yeah, Anthony Davis is a name as well. He's a great defender. He's looking second in blocks right now. But Yeah, I mean, those guys definitely. like You always got to have your shot blockers in there for defensive player of the year because Dwight Howard won it three years ago based solely on that fact, blocking yeah. shots. I mean, you know? in the list, you'll have, like we had Paul George listed. You'll have uh, a guy tossing like Rudy Gobert. Anthony Davis will be in the mix. Uh Draymond Green, once again, may be in the mix. Uh, Kawhi Leonard could be in the mix as well. He's been really great. But, I mean, uh, as far as front runners go, I think we're, uh, we both agree on Paul George being the guy. Mm-hmm, yeah, Paul George should be defensive player of the year and how he's changed the culture. Okay, so let's talk about um, rookie of the year. And this, obviously, I don't even think this is another debate. Luka Doncic is rookie of the year, how he's carried the Mavericks and everything like that. Obviously, other guys in this class have been great. DeAndre yeah, Ayton, Trey Young. Ice Trey, you know. But uh, <laughs> uh, look, Luka, Do- Luka Doncic is the rookie of the year. No questions asked. Uh, this is uh, 
think he runs away with it. It's not even like people were saying last year with Ben Simmons on the midfield. That was a close race in my opinion. But this year is just Luka Doncic has it. He had it from the get-go as well. He just showed more maturity than the rest of the rookies. And the team success is there as well. I mean, uh, for at least one point in the season, right now they're not doing too well. They're 13th in the West. But mm-hmm. they have 21 wins, which would ironically place them around like the ninth seed in the East if they were contending. But they are playing East-Western Conference teams. Luka Doncic has shown to hit clutch shots, make amazing plays. Uh, you see him on ESPN a lot now, too. So he's quite a popular figure. Which helps his case at Rookie of the Year as well. Not only being really well on the court, but being a polarizing and popular guy uh, in the league. That also showed when uh, the voting came out for the All-Star votings for the West. He was above Kevin Durant, above James Harden and those guys. Mm -hmm. He's he's really popular in this league. Yeah. So this also raises me to another question. So the season he's having is incredible. Do you think this is the best rookie season you've ever seen from a player? What Luka Doncic is doing? That's, that's tough to say because we have seen, uh, like, they have the 25-5 and five club, which is mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tyreek Evans. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> in there as well. Yeah, it's surprisingly. But uh, Luca, uh, people, what I would like to say is nowadays, especially because of how social media is huge and just players who make a three and people are jumping up and down, they put it everywhere. Uh He's having a great season, but if a guy were like LeBron uh, was doing the same thing that he was doing now as a rookie, same stat line, whatever, people would say that would be the best rookie season of all time. It's just that whatever's happening now gets a little bit more inflated just because of the output, the media, and everything there. Yeah. That's not Doncic. I still think that he's having one of the best rookie seasons that ever, but I think we would have to go further into some more stats to see uh, stat-wise if he's having the best. Mm-hmm, yeah. But in recent memory, for sure, uh, Luka Doncic is playing amazing, and it's crazy to say that he's only 19 years old. Yeah, and if he if he had the Mavericks up in the fifth and sixth spot, to me, it'd be a lock. That would be the best Luka season ever. He took that lottery team all the way to the top, making the playoffs. So yeah, Luka Doncic, rookie of the year, no doubt. So for coach of the year, we have a lot of in- interesting candidates, I believe, for coach of the year. Obviously, you have the job that Mike Malone is doing in Denver. Crazy, the Denver Nuggets are the second seed in the West. Amazing. Who would have thought that? Doc Rivers keeping the Clippers in playoff contention. Like, th- nobody thought the Clippers would make the playoffs this year, losing Blake Griffin, losing DeAndre Jordan in the same offseason. It's just, and they're still in the hunt. Mike Budenholzer, what he's doing in Milwaukee. Uh, Gabe Nick, Yeager. Nick Nurse in Toronto. Yeah. Playing amazing. The name yeah. goes on and yeah. on. Uh, I think another guy, like I was saying, I mean, I'm not... I'm not a Brooklyn Net fan, but I just like what they have their building over there. Uh, just being a laughingstock for the league for the past few years, uh, they've actually started building some sort of a winning culture there at, like I said, 60 of the East. I think that, uh, I believe it's Kenny Atkinson, is that coach? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, mm-hmm. He should be, or have a bid at least, for Coach of the Year. He might not win it, but his name should be tossed in the mix. Mm-hmm. And then before Oladipo went down, I think Nate, McMill- Nate McMillan should have been another guy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well. definitely. Well, but I if I had to choose somebody, oh, go, ahead, go ahead if you wanted to like, make no, a point. No, I'm just going to say that the coach of the year is actually the toughest to predict as of right now, just because um, a lot of other factors that are involved as well. There's a big group that you could say as of right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if I had to make a coach of the year prediction, I would probably go with Mike Malone. Because the Denver Nuggets are the second seed in the West. I'm going to say that again. They're the second seed in the West. 
Yeah, they're two wins out from being number one. So now, don't tell me anybody could have saw this coming because I definitely didn't see this coming. So this is definitely huge pops to him and what he's done. Nikola Jokic's development and everything. I just believe Mike Malone, Coach Dia. Who do you have, Coach Dia? Uh, yeah, like you were saying, so Mike Malone is obviously doing something great. Uh, I would have to give it over to Budenholzer in Milwaukee, though, just for right now, just because Milwaukee being number one seed in the East, I didn't. I saw them being well, and I did my preseason prediction to win MVP was Giannis before the season started. Uh, but uh, I, I still think uh, Budenholzer uh, has that. All right, Budenholzer and Malone. That's what we're going in for Coach of the Year. So for six men of the year, there's a lot of names out there we know. T. Rose. Dan Whitty, Harold, Lou Williams. So who do you have as your sixth of the year pick? Sixth man of the year pick? That's, that's, that's a good one. That's really good. Uh, I, I would like to say uh, another name, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, for uh, mm. sixth man of the year. Uh, he's playing really well. He's averaging, I believe, 15 and 10 uh, coming off the bench. Uh, but I think you can't miss on the story. Uh, that is Derrick Rose. That is yeah. happening this year, which I believe is another fact in these awards. The story, like Westbrook, when he won MVP, was the whole triple-double ordeal, and Kevin Durant left the previous season. So the story helps a lot in these players winning certain awards. Uh, but for sixth man of the year, uh, I would that's tough. I think I would have to go. I would say Derrick Rose as of right now. Derrick Rose? Yeah. Uh yeah, I could see Devo's definitely make a claim. As you go back to that narrative point, definitely narrative point, dude. The guy was literally retired last year, took a two week break, and now look at him, averaging nineteen twenty a game. It's just what a story for Devo's, which I was saying about Melo. Maybe Melo could have that same effect that Devo's did. Everybody's biting him off and he sort of comes back and shows you I was an all star in this game. Don't write me off, you know. But if I had to make a six man of the year pick, I would probably go with Spencer Dinwiddie in Brooklyn, actually. Because I believe he's having such a great season contributing to Brooklyn Nets being in the playoffs along with D'Lo. I just don't think you could... I don't think that anybody else should win the award besides Dinwiddie. And especially how efficient he's been scoring-wise, carrying a huge load in the offense and everything. No, I, I think you're spot on right there as well. Uh, speaking of Spencer Dinwiddie, actually, he's actually hurt as well. He'll be out for the next four to six weeks as well due to a hand injury that just occurred. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just looking at it, but uh, yeah. this is kind of like everyone who talk about just getting hurt left and right and things like that. Yeah, man, <laughs> shit. Uh, but uh, no, Spencer Dinwiddie, especially like us going back again, saying this again for, I don't know, the umpteenth time that Brooklyn Nets are six seed at the East with 26 wins, uh, definitely has something huge to do with Spencer Dinwiddie coming off the bench. I believe there's a few games back where the um, Houston Rockets play the Brooklyn Nets and the Brooklyn Nets had won the game. Mm-hmm. As amazing as Harden was, Spencer Dinwiddie was just coming down the court and just matching him. And not only yeah. was he hitting big shots, he was hitting shots just like Harden. This little, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, that little back step, side step three that Harden does that people say is a travel sometimes or a double dribble. Yeah, the little I'm travel, gonna, double dribble I'm, step. I'm not going to get into that, but Dinwiddie was matching that same shot and he was doing it on a consistent basis as well, which led them to win. Mm-hmm. Uh I think you might have actually convinced me over that Dan Witty should be the sixth man. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, going back to the Derrick Rose thing, I think he <laughs> will win an award this year. And uh, if it's not the sixth man of the award, sixth man of the year award, it should be the most approved player. 
Yeah, definitely as a basketball fan for many years, seeing D. Rose do that is very special since he's been a pioneer at this game for a while. So, yeah, definitely. D. Rose, he should be in the running for it, and he could win. And also, going back to Dinwiddie, he's also naming the next award we're going to talk about, Most Improved Player. Yeah, I think it comes back down to the same two names of Dinwiddie and Dinwiddie. Yeah. He will split that. So one person will get it, and whoever doesn't win will get the other award. Um, yeah. It's like Dinwiddie at sixth man and Rose at most improved. But uh, what other names do you have at the most improved player outside of the, the two that we just named Rose and Dinwiddie? You know, so I was thinking going to California, there's a guy in Sacramento that is playing really well right now. Shooting oh, guard. We're talking Buddy about Hill. Buddy Hield, yeah. Buddy Hield. Yeah, the he was written off basically after he traded from New Orleans. Everybody thought, Oh, okay, Buddy Hield is done. What are the Kings doing? They traded Demarcus Cousins for him. Obviously it's not a great trade, but I mean it's not looking too bad right now. Getting Buddy Hield, who's averaging twenty plus a game, shooting very well, forty nine, fifty percent from the field, forty two percent from the three point line. That's just crazy. I yeah, believe that's a- not even a debate. He's a big part of the reason why where the Kings are on this little resurgence that they've had. Uh, right now, they're sitting at the 10th seed, but they're, they're not the same pushover Kings. Like, oh, we're playing Sacramento today? All right, that's going to be an easy one. They, they come out and they fight, and that's mainly not only because of uh, Buddy Hill and De'Aaron Fox, they're the whole team, but largely because of Buddy Hill's ability to make big shots, make threes, go on the stretch. I think as of right now, he is... Uh, He's on pace if he keeps up his three-point shots the way he's making them to break pages for a single season as a king, which is really good for Kings fans just to know that the future is bright, actually. There is yeah. light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, what, a, what it's time 2019 is the Bounds and Kings aren't shitty anymore. They're somewhat <laughs> decent. Yes. They're both yes. somewhat decent and have, in, and have nice young cores. But yeah, going back to the Kings young core, another guy you could say, De'Aaron Fox. Again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Kings... Freaking starting roster could be in the mix for most of the players. <laughs> you have D. Fox and Buddy Hield, who might be one of the top young backcourts in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, like, yeah, just to go for who we think, uh, like I said, uh, six man we have Dinwiddie, uh, most improved I have Rose. Uh, so your guys, is it Buddy Hield? Is it Dinwiddie? Is it Rose? Who do you have winning this most improved player award? Though? So for most improved, I have Buddy Hield winning it. But also, there's another guy that we forgot to mention. <laughs> One of the guy you told me about two weeks ago that was averaging 15 a game. And it sort of was like, wait, what? He's averaging 15? Pascal Siakam is averaging 15 a game, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a huge part of that team's offense and defense. 15, I think, six, seven rebounds a game. And he's part of the reason why the Raptors are where they're at in number two in the East. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. He's like a Toronto's Draymond Green kind of. Just yeah, sort of doing everything. He's doing everything. Yeah, so that is our mid-season awards. And that is going to wrap up episode two, ladies and gentlemen. We want to say thank you for joining us once again to the High Post Podcast. Be, be on the lookout for more episodes. New episode coming next week. Don't take my word on that, please. <laughs> uh, we're going to try our best. We're busy. You know, we got school going on, so... We're going to try to record it. And- no, but uh, yeah, but definitely make sure to send those if you have any questions uh, to us at our Twitter handle and our Instagram handle. Can you repeat it one more time, Sal? Okay, so Instagram is at the high post pod, lowercase Twitter as well, at the high post pod. But feel free to DM me on Instagram at Tandi underscore underscore 23. Send me any questions you have about podcast, whether you hate it, give us some shitty feedback if you don't like it. 
give us some praise, send in questions. Yeah, we really appreciate all you guys' support and would like some more support coming. And share with your family and friends, please. This means a lot, and we would love for you guys to get it out there. So thank you for joining us. And yeah, high post, high post. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. And we're out.